guys, before we get into our next episode of Dads on the Fly, just want to once again say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, remember to subscribe and also leave a rating or review for us, please, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we have an announcement coming up. We will hopefully this week, I know we said we were going to do this last week, we will hopefully do this this week, um, do a post on our Instagram page, on our Facebook page. If you would like to pre-order one of our stickers, we will be doing a bigger sticker order uh, in the near future. And so we are starting with stickers, and we would love to get one of those to you. We're going to have a pre-order for those, and we'll have some information on our Instagram page. So follow that. And uh, what a great time of year it is. So we encourage you to get out and fish right now. And uh, stay tuned as we get into episode 13 of Dads on the Fly. Welcome back to episode 13 of Dads on the Fly. I'm here tonight with my brother Caleb Simmons, and we are on the back porch. This is nice. Yeah, well, we're this outside is a pretty good tonight. recording studio. Yeah, it's good. So if you hear any hear the crickets, sirens, crickets, whatever you might hear tonight, that's because we're doing this outside tonight. If you hear somebody freak out because a raccoon jumps up on the porch? We do have a raccoon that comes on the porch sometimes. So Foster told me his name was... Uh, Rupert. Rupert. The yeah, we, we nicknamed him Rupert, right? the yeah. Rupert the Raccoon. I like it. And uh, we do have uh, Foster out here with us for a little bit tonight before we get started. So, Foster wanted to to say a little bit on the podcast. So, we're going to let him answer one podcast question. Are you ready, Foster? You got to walk over here to get, grab the microphone. So, we took Foster fishing last week, right? Yes. You got to put the microphone right there. You go, right there. Okay. So, what was your favorite part about fishing? With Reed, James, Corbin, and your uncle, dad, and grandfather. We caught a lot of fish. That was your favorite part because we caught a lot of fish? Yeah. That was it? Yes. That was, what did you like fishing and with the most? We found the brim trout bed, and we just kept hitting that spot, and we got a lot of fishies. Very good. Thank you, Foster, for contributing to tonight's Way podcast. To go, Foss. So we did find a brim bed. That was, that was good. We found a brim bed. I like it. You did good. Perfect. All right. So tonight on Dads on the Fly, we're kind of laid back out here on the porch, and we're going to talk about. We're going to have a little discussion that can sometimes be a hot topic amongst anglers, I think, of uh, catching stocked versus native trout. Wild trout. Wild trout, excuse Let's me. Not say yes. native. Yeah, we don't say native, we say wild. Native, native is very. The only native trout we have, native, yeah, the only native trout we have technically in Western North Carolina is the brook trout. Is the brook trout? But we do have wild trout, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of stock trout, and we're gonna talk about the difference. We're gonna do that. I guess we'll. I guess since you already started this, we'll do the fishing report at the end. So yeah, keep going. So let's go ahead and define that first. You know, because let's let's fix the first definition that apparently I don't even understand. What's the difference between a native trout? Or a wild trout, like what you just said. Okay, a native trout, I mean, I'm, once again, never expert on this thing, but what I've been told is a native trout is the native Appalachian brook trout. Yeah. Which I would, I should know the scientific name, and I don't. Oh, psh, why should you know the scientific name? I don't know, because we're fly fishermen, and we yeah. should know you know that. We know what they look like. We know how to classify them. Oh, I we can tell the difference. <laughs> but uh, I don't, I didn't never, I never studied Latin. Yeah, that's what's crazy about that. Who was I talking to the other day? Oh, my buddy who uh, graduated a, a while back with a 
um, the the degree, you know, fish and wildlife and all that, you know. Biology. Well, yeah, that was the one part yeah. he didn't do well in because <laughs> he was like, I was bad enough at writing, and then they threw in Latin on me. There you go. Because all the names are in Latin. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we have a native brook trout mm-hmm. to this area. And then the... Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're going to talk oh, about it? I apologize. The brook trout typically lives in higher elevations. Usually. Um, and those do not get much larger. Like the biggest one you would usually see is 12 inches, maybe. That's that's a huge one, really. It's probably the biggest one we've ever caught. Yeah, I've, I've caught one. I mean, 8 to 10 inch brook trout are, are big fish. They're pretty exciting. Yeah, they're, they're big fish in, up on the parkway and... Um, you know, there, there was, there's a stream like in Cataloochee that I've caught a lot of brook trout and that's kind of lower and we, they, they've kind of come in there and done well. So Usually not as high elevation. Like colder water. Yeah. They need cold water for sure. And, uh, and they don't grow to be very large in our experience. So, uh, beautiful colors. We, we catch them up, uh, not far from our house up one strain of river and, um, yeah, you can, you can chase them all over this place, but, uh, they, they tend to be pretty uh pretty explosive too like they'll eat just about yeah they're a lot of fun to catch yeah they'll eat dry flies pretty pretty quick and good and um so that's our only native fish and we we both love to chase those fish Mm -hmm. in all different places and uh a lot of people come here this time this time of year brook trout are amazing just because they're they're so pretty i mean they're they're like i don't know like some of you're like a pretty fish like they are they're gorgeous. I yeah, mean, they, they get look, those. They almost look like somebody painted them. They get those fall colors. It's nice. Like it looks like a, a painting that somebody, you know, like took a fish out of the water, grabbed some red dots, you know, put those little dots all over them, colored those bottom fins. I mean, they're pretty spectacular color. Yep. And people love to catch them. We love to go after them. And uh, those are the native brook trout. Now, so what's the difference then between a native trout and then a Wild trout, because we're talking tonight about wild versus stocked. So, so, so we would call a native trout, trout. We would include a native brookie as a wild trout. Yes, because it. Okay, but it's gotcha. the only fish, I guess, the native way they say the it, area. native to this area. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. All the other fish have been brought here. Mm-hmm. And Introduced. Yeah, we should have somebody who really knows what they're talking about to tell us all about that. But they brought them like when they brought them and all that. You could, yeah, like late eighteen hundreds. Okay, sure. Yeah. I read a book recently about it. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> at so, least for the Smoky Mountains National Park. Rainbow and brown trout were brought here. Yeah. Uh, they were introduced um, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. One okay. of the main reasons being kind of sport. So so what makes a wild trout different from a stock trout? So like a wild trout would live in a, a wild stream. Classified as and a wild lived, stream, and it's lived there for generations. Well, it probably so, hasn't so lived. Well, not that specific trout, but yes. those trout have been in there for generation after generation. Like after they, generation after generation. they spawn and yes, they do their own thing. Like yes, they 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 the are fed by our, nature. Correct. The trout in our day, right now, that we would consider wild trout, have adapted in that stream long enough that they are no longer that they are living based off of the aquatic insects and the things that are in that river and they are surviving in such a way um, they are very careful of every uh, they're very careful of predators um, 
And so they are very, they live a lot different life than a stock trout. Yeah, and we have brown trout, rainbow trout, and brook trout that, that are wild. You know, the brook trout will be native. So there's only three species of trout we have in North Carolina. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have any, like, they have cutthroats out west. Yeah, different. some people claim, like, we have, like, a tiger trout around here. I've never seen one. Um, I mean, maybe we'll they're, maybe I don't one know. Day. Yeah, I think it's more of just, like, a hybrid. But anyway. So those wild, those wild fish just, like you said, they, they aren't, they're living off the lands. What I like, I don't know. Yeah, the, no, the yeah, lands are yeah, always yeah, okay. A good way, yeah, they do their own thing. And uh, so, like wild browns and rainbows yeah. tend to kind of be able to stand a little warmer water. Okay, sure. You read the book. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm currently trying to look more of this stuff up. You kind of threw this on me here. I'm trying to learn. I mean, I know. they they live in a little warmer water usually, um, and then. I mean, from what I've gathered in my limited experience of catching rainbows and brown trout, wild fish is uh, brown trout tend to be more aggressive. Yeah, for sure. Of the species. So, yeah, that's the wild fish. All right, so... so Let's talk about the stalkers. Okay, so a a stock fish is a stick, uh, a fish that has been raised in a hatchery. Yes. To... Either by a private hatchery or by our state hatcheries. Mm-hmm. And those fish, uh, I mean, they've, they've grown up in, you know, like uh, the hatcheries like cement walls, you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, those, you're talking about a thousand fish within with, a. Or, or 10 by 10. 10,000 of yeah. fish of, in. An aquarium. Yes. To, the, to a degree, yeah. And mm-hmm. so they're just going to act differently. Well, those fish are raised to to be caught more aggressive, and they're raised to be more aggressive eaters. They're raised to be yeah, they they're raised eat. to grow faster. When well, they feed them with pellets and stuff like dog exactly. food, they're so fed they, like dog. They're fed a fish pellet, which is basically like dog food. So they grow. Yeah, they want they want them to grow quicker, and a lot of that's whether they're using them to you know sell to restaurants or whatever, mm-hmm. or they're using them like the state does to put in our waters. And I'm so not an expert on this, but I know they stock them. I've seen them. I've been to do it. Yeah. And, it's cool, and uh, those fish, um, those fish don't typically. They don't survive longer than I mean. I guess they could, but for the most part, they don't survive over a year. Yeah, I mean, they have what they call holdovers, um, where which is a fish who maybe survived was a year, stocked and yeah. held over for another year. But like in hatchery supported waters, when it's open, those those fish can be harvested by anglers, so therefore. A lot of them don't live that yeah. long. I mean, they, they get home, fish taken, or, yeah, they get fed to people. I mean, you know, they eat them, or people yeah. take them home, or whatever. That's cool. And um, we have we have in Western North Carolina what's called uh, delayed harvest water, which are stocked rivers with these big stock trout that are put in from different hatcheries. They're put in there technically for sport. They're supposed to be only allowed to be kept. A few months out of the year, um, we've we've been known to be fishing in some DH water though, and seen some people poaching from time to time. Yeah, it happens, and, and uh, it's hard to police. But the the regulations, I, I tend to be much more of an expert on the regulations than the history of the actual fish. So, so in North Carolina, we have mainly these regulations. You've got the delayed harvest, which you were saying. So that starts in like 
Nope. They stock October. They stock October, November. They don't stock December, January, February. They well, stock it's still technically. Yes, yes, it's still under the regulations. regulations. And they stock March, April, May. No, they stock March. They start March. Stock March, April, I know. But I then, they stock May too. Yeah, because it doesn't. It doesn't it go doesn't to catch and keep until July. June. June. June? It's always okay. the first Saturday in June, like yep. Youth Day, and you can take kids and all their stuff. Yeah. Usually summertime, we're not ever in the DH water. No, no, no. So well, those fish just don't live kind of in there. Usually this way. So that's one. Then they have the hatchery supported water, which is like April to, I don't remember the date that it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the catch and keep waters. Um, and then they have wild waters, which is your like blue line. That's why we call them blue lines, because they have a blue like sign. And then there are also, there are also catch and release waters. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're, Catch and release only, and yeah. that's that's usually artificial flies only too. Is only how you, you can fish those, and we we spend some time in those. There's some of those that are yeah. local around here. Yeah, there's some down like Davidson River and some areas like that. Yeah, and then you know there's another one called Wild, um, Wild Natural Bait. I I've never been to one of those rivers. I don't know what that means. It's like a brown line on the map, right? Yeah, it is a brown line on the map. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm not familiar enough with that either. Never really fished one. So yeah, so so we've got the stock trout versus native trout kind of debate that a lot of anglers have. And so the question kind of becomes what is if you were to put it on a higher hierarchy, I guess, of like what is better and more fun and more the best thing to go fishing after. I think that depends say? on the situation. Um okay. so let's let's start with let's go back to the delayed harvest, okay? Mm-hmm. So delayed harvest fish and, and Foster has and Foster's out here listening to us tonight, so he has a point. Foster had the opportunity a couple of years ago to uh, to go and help stock the fish, right? Okay, and they they bring the what do they bring? Come here, Foster. You got to be right here by the microphone. What do they bring the fish in? A big truck, like one of the t- trucks that delivers oil to a house. It's <laughs> a good way to look truck. at it, but it it's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. It's kind of like, truck. but it has a tanker truck <laughs> and it's got uh, it's got fish in it, right? And so then they dump the fish into the river and that is how but that's pretty much how we learned to fish yeah we started fishing dh stocked water that's what uh and to be honest like we loved it those first couple of years that's uh that's what we did the majority of was we went fishing for big stock trout and, and that's why hatchery supported water i think that that is such an important part of North Carolina fly fishing is to get people started fly fishing. It's a great, it's a great way to do that. I I, I think so. Yeah, because it it is catch and release during those time periods, or it should be. Mm-hmm. And and we you know we are big proponents of that. And it, it's where we take a lot of people the first time they ever fish. We take them there. Yep. Because typically the fish are a little less spooky. Yep. So you can catch they, them. They eat a lot more aggressively. They do, and, and they tend to eat what we like to call junk food. <laughs> yeah, trash flies. <laughs> yeah, like the big old the delayed harvest trout are like. And the, that's okay. Like I'm not knocking these things. I know we're calling them trash flies. Like I tie up mop flies and squirmy worms. Oh, yeah, and it's great, no problem. But egg, I mean, the, you know, egg patterns all the time. And and you can catch big fish. Yeah, sometimes. And it's a good time. Oh, I me, I have a great time. I still go there when I just need to catch some fish. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of the streams, a lot of the delayed harvest streams in North Carolina are very accessible. Mm-hmm. Either right beside a road. Yeah. Um, not a lot of walking, not a lot yeah. of hiking. 
think of the ones that I visit, West Fork of the Pigeon, the Dana Hala's right on the road. Shelton Laurel. No, uh, Shelton Laurel's right on the road. Um, losing my train of thought on some other I ones. I can't think of any other DHR uh, fish locally. There's a lot, though. But Yeah. I mean, there's one in Polk County that's right on the road. Um, there, there's not one in Asheville. There's not one in, like, Buncombe County. A uh, couple in, like, we're talking up in the more northern counties yeah. that are very accessible, too, so... Yeah, just, uh, oh, yeah, the part of the French Broads, one of them, I can't mm-hmm. remember where. Mm-hmm. It's it's a late harvest. So, yeah, they're usually very accessible. Yeah. And that's what makes them nice. Oh, the tuck's the late harvest. Oh, golly, yeah. Yeah, and we fish it, yeah. and, and people go to that all the time. And so it's great for the sport, and I would encourage you. It's a great place to start learning how to catch. Well, I mean, it's cool. Fish. It's a cool place, too, to, like, try some maybe stuff you've never done before. Yep, it's a good idea to do that. Like, I love the... Uh, I streamer fish mostly now every time we go to DH water. Yeah, streamer fish is Just because it's fun. And you know what? People people sometimes don't... You know, I, I can remember when I first started fishing, I was at a delayed harvest stream one evening, and one of my buddies came, and he only had like his... I don't know, he had like his two or three weight or something, and and I was fishing like big pools and running a streamer through it or, you know, putting a nymph real deep and... He kind of fished it almost like you would a wild stream, and he still had a good time. Yeah. I mean, he dry dropper fished and caught fish and it's a time of day. I think sometimes people, they don't do that. They're like, oh, it's a delayed harvest stream. i got to just throw a squirmy worm and a girdle bug or instead of... You can, you'll can you catch a lot of fish. You'll probably catch more fish doing that. You can, but you can still, you can still fish. You can practice techniques and stuff in DH water and know that... But you have to know, too, like, if you're going to practice those techniques in DH water, it's probably not going to be the same... When you go to a native or a wild stream, um, yeah. it's probably not going to, you know, those fish are going to spook a lot easier. Those wild fish, you know, if you're throwing a dry fly and you're creating a big splash at a DH water with some big stock fish, probably not going to be as big a deal as when you go fishing up in the park or near the parkway after some little yeah, spooky just, brickies. That's what they're used to. You know, it's just like how the fish behave or whatever. But yeah. we are, you know, and, and I also, I'll fly fish hatchery supported waters and we also have a lot of water in near us that is undesignated mm-hmm. that means it's not considered wild it's not considered stocked it's none of the above and those are not stocked waters no like the north carolina wildlife commission will tell you on their website where they stock fish yeah so if you're in a portion of the stream a river system somewhere and it is not designated any fish you catch in there is not more than likely, unless they've come upstream or something, they're not going to be stocked fish. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we have a lot of that area, like yeah. a ton. Um, a couple streams I really love going to that are not designated anything. And that's something I want to get like more into, I think, is just checking out there's so that are not, you know, it's kind of like you drive by it on the road and, man, that looks fishy. So much Let's water. Check it out. So, so, so much water. So for sure. Now let's talk about the wild fish. Okay. Wild fish are, they're going to be more difficult to catch. Mm-hmm. But there are people who don't like chasing them like we do. We we like to chase wild fish, maybe because it's more of a challenge, but also, I mean, I, I like it sometimes more because it has more of a, usually I get a, a dry fly bite during the, during the certain months. I think you like it too because, this is just me analyzing you 
but I think you like it because stocked fish and stocked rivers can pretty much stay within about a 50-yard Oh, you yeah, have to stay still. That's a good point. And fish the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, you might move some. No, but that's right. I mean, there's but only I mean, so much. Like in some of the delayed harvest waters, there's only so far you can go. Yeah, and so, that's a good so point. when we're fishing wild streams, we, can I mean, go. we fish hard. Yeah, I mean we we, went, we fish really hard. We fish hard, and golly, we fished we fished Tuesday and didn't I didn't, I didn't touch a fish all day, yeah. which is very rare. I haven't done that forever. Yeah, um, I think it was too pretty of a day. But I had a great time because I was fishing hard and I was fishing. We were like waterfall hopping. Yeah, we were fishing some huge plunge pools. I mean, in fact, the last waterfall, y'all. You were telling me I I was ready to go, and you didn't think I could get up. I didn't think I, I thought it would have been a bad idea to climb. Need like a rope or something yeah, to get up to, there. We'd had to have uh, repelled down. Yeah, we got some great pictures. Pretty water. So yeah, I do like to do that for some reason, and uh, and I do too. And, and I, I think it's more. I think there's something to do with the challenge. I think there's something more, and it's kind of like the uh, reward you get. Yeah, but you have to understand that certain streams are not going to hold big fish. Yeah. Uh, now, there are streams in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park that, you, I mean, there are people who land, you know, 14, 18-inch oh, yeah. wild fish. Well, I caught a 16-inch brown one time in yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, that's in awesome. Park. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never, you know, my personal best wild fish in the park is probably, I don't know, 14 maybe. I'm really bad at sometimes judging how big fish are, but yeah, I you mean, know, you always add two inches when you're yeah, for sure. So. But uh, you know, it's those are they're fun. We get to walk, we get to be usually a ways away from roads, and so and that's pretty cool. And, and that's why we like wild fish and we like blue lines. And there's tons and tons and tons of blue lines and, like I said, undesignated wild fish close to us. Yeah, and I think. I think the thing to me that makes me love fishing for wild fish more, I kind of hit this a minute ago. The reward you get from catching a wild fish is just, it, I like it more. It, it, it's just cooler to me. You know, you may catch a big stalker and fight it for five minutes. It's pretty awesome once you land it. It's exciting. You know, you got that tug and it's pretty, it's pretty cool. But when you have stalked and fished so hard and worked your tail off and then you finally fool that wild fish into thinking you know it's coming up to you to fly there's something pretty exciting about that yeah, and I think I think that's something that we talked about this in a very early episode of this podcast I think that's something that grows on you as you fish so if you're a brand new beginner fly fisherman and you're just learning how to fish and like people we bring to the river from Alabama or people we bring from, you know, Georgia who have never fly fished and they come up here. Or just people who come that are local that just want to learn how. And we take them that they love, I mean, they love to catch. They just want to feel fish on a fly rod for the first time. It's, it's great. And that's what we do. And... I, I'm not against that, and I still think some people... No, I can go to a DH water and have a blast. Yeah, and I think you need to understand that that's, that's okay. Like, some people are, you know, it's elitist, now nah, I'm not going to go fish there, or whatever. I, I don't feel that way. No, I don't either. And I think those elitists are... Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't tend to be that way, so... Yeah. 
uh, it's just what I like to do as far as chasing wild fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we've said many times we like the park and the park fish are wild. They're not all natives. I mean, because some of the, the browns and the rainbows are, were obviously brought in at some point, which you've never. Yeah, but they're wild. Book, but they're, we call them <laughs> wild fish, right? They're wild fish, and uh, and wild fish tend to have different diets just because that's what they used are used to eating. Yep. And so you kind of target them differently and fish them differently. And, yep. um, but yeah, is that, that's that the gist? Yeah, I think so. So what I want to do now, uh, we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to take a little bit of what we talked about and kind of transition that into what it looks like as dads. Oh so we're going to come back and do that here. I'm ready. Welcome back to Dads on the Fly. So we've been talking and having this conversation about stocked fish versus wild fish. And it, it got me thinking as we were kind of, you know, we do a lot of pre-show prep for this show. Yeah, all of about five minutes. <laughs> but as we were talking about the stocked versus wild fish, it, it had me thinking a little bit too about being a dad. And when you have your kids, you know, those stocked fish that are putting those rivers for us to go catch, it's kind of like a curated experience. Like It's a very big word. Well, like, it's I almost like, it. well, thank you. Uh, it's almost like, well, I mean, it is what's happened. The state is creating these fish to put in this river for you to go catch fish to try to boost tourism and also teach you know, you how to fish. Out and teach you how to fish, which is a great thing. Like, I think it is a great thing. I am so without glad it, we would probably state, not be fly fishing. Yeah, I'm so glad that our state does this. Um, and we will be fishing those streams. Many times before. Forever. Yeah, yeah. And we'll keep doing it. I mean, I'm going to take advantage of the curated experience. I mean, it's like you were saying a minute ago. It's kind of like Disney World. Disney World's a curated experience for you. And it's a wonderful thing. I like it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And you should go if you haven't been. But there's something so rewarding about catching a wild fish, about going and doing that, kind of like what we were saying a minute ago. And I think sometimes as parents, we try to curate a lot of experiences for our kids. Uh, I need an example. Uh, I agree. I'm just trying to think of yeah. an example. Um, so we want to create, uh, you know, I'm having a hard time thinking of an example off the top of my head. Um, we want to create, like we want our kids to be good at sports. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. So we try to, uh, make it to where they can't fail. Okay. Does that make, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. So we might, I don't know. I, I don't know how you would go about doing that. I mean, you see it in some ways where like parents go about and cheat for their kids. I mean, you've heard those awful stories, but um, I think sometimes we try to like curate these perfect experiences for our kids. I mean, for example, case in point, we go big for like birthday parties at my house. Yeah, we do too. With our kids, and y'all do too, which is great. These are great things. We want to make these things memorable. But I think sometimes uh, kids just need to be let go in the wild. I'll, I like it. So here, here's where I'm thinking what you're talking about. So cura- curated. Cur- cur- curated. Curated, yeah. Thank you. Curated experience. So you think about vacations. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. This is great. Go ahead. Yeah, they, I, know I think you know where I'm going here. Yeah. Okay. So vacations, many people 
think there have to be like events on vacation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whether it's, and I'm not just picking on Disney World. I've never been, but you know, Disney World or we go here and we have to do this museum and that museum or the children's museum or, you got me? Oh yeah, I'm listening. Okay. I'm with you. Whereas we started however many years ago, I don't even remember. Must have been four or five now. Our vacations with our family are one big house on the mountain with nothing, nothing to do. To do. <laughs> we play board games, we cook, and we, you know, walk and hike, and we really do nothing. Yeah. Like, we don't go and anywhere. I, and I think our kids love it. Most of the time they do. That mean, They do love it. I mean, it, and the yeah. parents love it, and the grandparents love it, and we just, we don't have to get fixed up and do things. We don't have mm-hmm. to dress up and go out anywhere. Yep. We just we just kind of hang. Yeah. So that's what I think about being in the wild. Yeah, I think I've got another example, too, as I was thinking about like this. It. The curated versus kind of wild experience for your kid. Do you remember, like, the science fair project I in never, school when you were, like, fifth or sixth grade? Sure. I mean, I'm sure somebody did it. I was bad in science, but <laughs> hopefully I had a good partner. But, like... <laughs> Well, like you had the, the science fair and you had the kid like, you know, that would bring in some monstrosity oh, of a yeah, science yeah, gotcha. okay. project that their dad and mom did for them. Yeah, I'm with you. They learned absolutely nothing from it. But then you had the kid who like actually did the work and did all the craziness out of it and went through all the stuff and had to do it all by themselves for the most part. And they learned and gained so much more from it. Okay, this this is good. I don't know if it's exactly about curated experiences but i agree with everything you're saying because too often as parents we don't want our kids to struggle through things yeah so i think we're going away from a little bit of but no we're not because you think about it it is a a struggle to catch a wild fish well there are days you will go and not catch any yeah like like we did this past tuesday yeah like i literally didn't touch fish yeah and believe it or not i wasn't even that mad no me neither and now don't get me wrong i fished dh water before i not caught a fish True. Rarely. But 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 the thing is, those stocked fish are put in there and they are put there for you to their Yeah, and so we to to make things easier for you than as, as you're going for a while. Parents, fish. if we only we have to be willing for our kids to struggle through things. Yeah. And and that is hard not only as parents, that is sort of hard in life right now because we live in this world where Unfortunately, everything is curated. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, nobody <laughs> posts their crap yeah. on there. Yeah. Like, nobody posts the the real world. Like, yeah. this is what really happened to me this week. We yeah. just post, like, the... I mean, think about it as parents. We take 72,000 pictures on their birthday mm-hmm. to get one from the party. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't post the pictures of the screaming and throwing the cake and the... Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the world we yeah. live in, so... We so haven't I'm, taught I'm our kids. I'm struggling with this exact thing right now. Like this moment. Like no, this, we're having a, no, we're doing it. See, this, this podcast week. has just become. No, see, this podcast is just we're struggling through a topic. See, look at us. We're like yeah, but like so, I won't. I'm always I'm always careful for how I talk, for how I talk about my kids on this thing because I don't want them to like listen to it when they're 20 and feel not that they Foster's listening right now, so it'll be right. Yeah, but like so. I want Reed to have, like, this amazing, perfect experience in kindergarten. He's in school for the first time. 
Okay. And in some ways, things maybe don't go on certain days like I want them to. Because of, you know, behavior or whatever. He's a great kid, but he's having to learn this new thing too. And so, you know, the one day he gets like a bad report from his teacher because he's a lively kid and he likes to talk. Like, I am struggling with it as a parent because I want it to be perfect. When you, really, I need to let him struggle through this. And we're going to teach him and, you know, yeah, raise he'll him gr- through he'll it. Grow He's going to grow through this, absolutely. But I I don't need to go in and try to fix it for him. No, that's now, just... I need, to rate, I need to teach him, and I need to try to instruct him how to act with his teachers and with his, you know, adults. But I don't need to try to, like, talk to his teachers for the him or... Do these things for him. No, no, no. Yeah. allow him to figure You're, it out on his own. Yeah, so we're getting a little deep on this episode, but... Um, Didn't mean to. No, it's the same thing of... Where are you going, buddy? We're losing our audience. You going inside, Bubba? Yeah, getting cold? Foster's getting cold we're on the port. We're not talking about fishing anymore. We're not talking about fishing until he's done. <laughs> Good job, Fussy. Um, yeah, th- that is... I, I went through some similar situations when my, my kids were younger and, you know, my kids are different. Just like we've talked about your kids are different and everybody's kids are different. So don't parent them the same. And, but we, we want to make things, uh, easy. We want to make it. E- yeah. Unfortunately we do. We want to make it easy. And too often we want to like a great thing for me is, is tennis. And here's why like Foster plays tennis. Tennis, there's no umpire or referee. Okay. Okay? So, like, when you play tennis and you're 10, or Foster started last year was 9, he has to, like, line his own game, you know? So, like, the kid hits it out. If Foster doesn't say out, then the kid still gets the point, you got me? Yeah. Like, you have to referee yourself. Well, that's really frustrating. (laughs) That's got to be hard. When your kid doesn't call it out because he's just a nice kid. Yeah. And he didn't want to, like, you know, we want the other kid to mess up. Yeah. And so that's kind of frustrating, but you know, rather than, and I did, I mean, it's a guilt, guilt here. I did get mad at, uh, angry at him one time. And then you realize, you know, like what he'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, now it's a crazy, totally different example than the Reed situation, but we just but too often want things to be easy for our kids and we don't want them to struggle through anything which is a horrible way to try to train them for real life life yeah <laughs> i could not agree more but you know adults don't want to struggle through things either yeah and this has gone way crazy <laughs> where we started the we've ever been. but it's so true though because but it goes back to it because it goes back to fishing fish are put in there to make things easier for you the first time which is not a bad thing no but it's so much more warning when you struggle for something than do it and you know but for for new beginner fishermen and we did the same thing we yeah. went to those stocked waters three and four times and caught nothing we struggled through that yep. And then it was a big success when we caught fish there. Well, yeah. but now it's a big success for us to catch fish in other places. And mm. so even we though... We matured. Oh, no, I don't want to say matured, but we just... No, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we grew in our in this knowledge of fishing and, and, as, and as anglers. Parents and, so, and people, even as a teacher, 
Yeah, you gotta. You're you're talking to young kids. You're coaching young kids, and I teach and coach teenagers. They gotta have a struggle. Yeah. Let them struggle through it. Now, because help when, them when they you finally can. get it, it's gonna make so much more of an impact. Yeah, man. Like when and this they is... finally succeed, if they have to struggle through something and then succeed, and then you celebrate celebrate the fool out of that success. It is going to make so much more of an impact on them than if you curated it for them and then they got it. Yeah, it feels better. Like Foster with grades and stuff, and he's he's really good, but he had this one thing that was really hard for him, and he had to work at it. And but when he did it, it was like, whoa, we really got here, and you did it. Yeah. But but you know, it's, it's with anything, man. I, I don't know who's listening to our podcast, but it's okay to struggle in any walk of life. Yeah. And we are far from being. We are definitely a dads on the fly, and not a marriage podcast but that's okay to struggle sometimes too so we're family you know it's like yeah we can tie that in that's a well, lot of family uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, our marriage is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's okay to struggle too yeah i feel like too ti- too many times we say everybody sits there and says oh and it's just like fishing i gotta go and i gotta catch fish to have a perfect day yeah well sometimes you don't and you struggle through it but you love fishing right so you keep going well every day in your family is not perfect Correct. Every day is not what you see on, I don't even watch TV shows with families, but whatever that family TV show, you know, like every day, what are some old TV shows with the family, you know, like every day is not just, woo, we're happy about living, you know, and nobody screams at each other, nobody I, throws I anything. I don't watch cable either, so. But I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, every day is yeah. not like that. No, I understand. So embrace that struggle and think about how much better it feels to get through it succeed. now there's yeah, still things you improve on like you know if you absolutely if you lose your patience more like we talk about then work on your yeah. patience if you um but yeah just man em- embrace the struggle embrace embrace the struggle I think, of, that's, I think that's like our tip like embrace the, it for parenting embrace and the struggle for fishing for fishing because yeah. fishing can be hard especially yeah. fly fishing can be hard yeah. and we love to fly fish we went to that pond the other night we said we were not going to throw spinning rods. We didn't. We fly fish. Now we were kind of fishing with live bait, but anyway, um, we were using fly rods, and yeah. we said that's what we're going to do. And we've kind of determined now we're going to fly fish all the time, and it's it's more struggle, but we feel more rewarded when we do it. And in parenting, if you set these goals or you set these standards for your family, it's what you want to do. Remember, they're going to be hard at some point. Yeah. And kids are not always going to do it. And as a parent, you're not always going to succeed either. Like you're going to have some failures as parents. Yep, absolutely. Embrace the failures and struggles as parents too. Yep. If it's you lose your temper or if it's you did make something easy when you shouldn't have yeah. or, uh, yeah, just embrace that. And that's a great point. Yep. I could talk about that for hours. I was going to say, I think we could go for a long time on this, but let's go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. Let's wrap it up so with this, this though. Yeah, okay. Fishing report. We went fishing twice this week. Yeah. Are you going again? No. Probably not. Okay, probably not. I may go this weekend. I don't know. It depends on if I... It's so pretty up. right now. It's, it's hard, hard not to not fish go. right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, wa- the, weather the weather's gorgeous. Perfect. Man, it's been great this uh, week. I want to give a shout out to our friend. Yeah, uh, Jason. Jason, pastor on the fly pastor on, on the Instagram. Fly on Instagram. Go check him out if you haven't yet. He uh, he got to come up and fish with us on Tuesday. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was good. I don't know if we would call him a fan. He's a listener. <laughs> He listens to her. We're going to try to maybe have him on in the we got future. To, we got to fish with our first listener. Yeah, it was fun. So, yeah. So, any of you other listeners out there that want to fish with us, hit, us, up. hit us up. We want to go fishing. We feel terrible, though, because uh, we took our first listener fishing, and he caught no fish. It was just the day we didn't catch fish. We got to see some awesome stuff, though. It's a pretty awesome Man, water. Man, gorgeous. Uh, we hiked I feel like our, that's what every fisherman says whenever they don't catch fish. Yeah, Man, well, we, it was pretty. We worked our tail <laughs> off getting out of that river, though. Yeah, we did. Everybody was sweating. Yep. And... uh 
what are we? This this will this episode ooh, was dropping on Monday mm-hmm. instead of Tuesday, right? Yeah. So that would be yeah. So that means our next episode, we definitely might have a special announcement. <laughs> yeah, we hope to. We're getting there. And Just then wait on that, waiting on that shipping notification. And then everybody's gonna want to come fish with us. I hope so. All right, man. This was fun. This was a good time. Thank you guys so much for joining us for Dads on the Fly. And until next time, we will see you then for episode M- fourteen. Embrace the struggle. Embrace the struggle.